Welcome back to the Players First Podcast. I'm Riley Welch, and I have on today assistant coach Joel Justice. Coach, how you doing? Riley, good morning. Great to be here. Appreciate you coming on. So, uh, recap this last week. Uh, you know, obviously, we had a couple crazy games with uh, South Carolina and then at Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is one of the best environments I'd ever been in. Tell me what it was like, uh, what you saw from our team, how we grew from uh, the first game to the second game, because I felt like we really grew up in how we handled adversity the second time around. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, in, for you, Riley, being here, you know, in your first year, you, you start to see, you know, for for our team, the growth, especially being on the road, what that does. You know, I mean, we, we'd been on the road. We had a quick trip to Michigan State, you know, to start the season. We go to Las Vegas for a week. Um didn't have the the results right that mm-hmm. w- that we wanted, but uh, but I think that forced all of our guys to grow. Um, you know, especially guys. If you if you look back and see how guys, especially Emmanuel and Nick, you know, played nothing like they're playing after Christmas. You know, and and the the opportunity to use those games to grow. Um, and now fast forward to being in the true road games where you go to Georgia and have to have a great final 10 minutes mm-hmm. where, where guys make plays to then going on the road, getting a big lead, you know, up 14 um, with 16 minutes to go, really even up 10 with 10 minutes to go. And um, and even as coaches, I think you're, you're still trying to, and Cal is still trying to figure out this team and what this team needs. Um, to then to see how we responded, you know, after having a lead and then allowing Arkansas to come back and, and make some plays and then us responding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big thing that you see, Riley, is, is, is it now is starting to turn into what Cal will say is a player-driven team, you know, and I know you've heard this since the beginning of the summer is Cal does what he does and coaches the way that he coaches in hopes of ultimately guys stepping up and, and becoming leaders and this team becoming a player-driven team instead of a coach-driven team. Um, and that I think that's you're starting to see that, mm-hmm. uh, I think, from the coaching staff, from our side of it. Um, and as a coach, you're proud of that. Mm-hmm. I think, especially in the Georgia game, you saw Emmanuel and Ashton really kind of especially when Cal was thrown out of the game, kind of take charge and take responsibility for what was going to happen the rest of the game. And, you know, KP always talks about uh, the four guys, four returners plus Nate, like, you know, the veterans on this team, they have to be the ones to lead. You know, we have a lot of talented freshmen, but they have to be the ones to lead those freshmen. They know what it's like to go on the road. And so I was really proud of Ashton and Emmanuel, how they responded to playing without our head coach, you know, down three after we were just up. I don't know, 12, I think, at one point. And then to come back and go on a 17-2 to run, uh, I don't think that happens without those guys taking charge and, you know, being the leaders that they've become. No, absolutely. Uh, and, and like I said, I mean, as coaches and as a staff, that's what you ultimately want, you know, is, is for guys to, to take the, the game on, uh, to speak in huddles, to grab for a second huddle, you know, even after a timeout, uh, and I think you saw that. I mean, you saw it as a as a player. 
you know, I saw it as an assistant coach. And, and oftentimes that's, that's better mm-hmm. even than having a Hall of Fame coach like Cal um, leading the way, you know, is, is when the, the, the guys, they have a, a say in what's going on. Um, they're going to be more invested, you know, if it's their idea or if it's their, uh, their word. Uh, and, and, I, and I think you, you saw that. Um, and that's big growth. You know, from a from a Wednesday to, to a Saturday, uh, that's big growth. Um, but those guys have played in big games, mm-hmm. you know. And you throw you throw Nick Richards in there, you throw EJ in there. I mean, EJ's defense, yeah. you know, on Jimmy Witt was was a critical part of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a guy that had had multiple double figures, twenty point games, uh, and EJ's length, attention to detail. Um, you know, the way that he was locked in. You know, during the during the walkthroughs, during the film sessions, um, I thought was a big big part of that, especially the way the game started. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, uh, they were obviously trying to go at that matchup early, and um, you're happy for a guy like EJ, and, and you you know as well as as we do, and, and even really the Big Blue Nation, we need EJ. You know, if we're going to be the team that that we all want to be, you're, we need EJ to continue to take those steps and you know shoot it's january 20th we still got you know hopefully 10 weeks ahead of us here that that we can get better no and that's something cal talks about in meetings all the time is we haven't hit our ceiling we're nowhere close to it and that's what's scary i think for uh you know the rest of college basketball is we have so it's scary for us too because we're not you know it's scary for us as well i'm more concerned about us than everybody else at this point you know but i'm glad that you're concerned about everybody else that's good that says a lot about you as a person you're a great kid you're a great teammate but i don't really care and i don't want you to care about anybody else but go ahead go ahead with the rest of your thought always getting yelled at just like in the games (laughs) if you don't talk to the other team then you won't get yelled at that's talk to our team i finally uh finally made the halftime speech uh, <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, but I anyway. think that's why Cal got thrown out. He was that. He was still mad from you yeah. at the first half. Yeah, he was passive aggressively frustrated. Yes. Uh, but no, we have so many talented guys. Like KB really uh, improved even in the last ten minutes of that game. You know, Khalil still hasn't hit where he can be. Uh, Johnny's starting to finally work his way back into the rotation and played really well in what mm-hmm. in what was asked of him. So I was really proud of him. Uh, he's been working really hard, and he hit a couple shots for the first time in as long as I can remember. Um, even in the South Carolina game, just mm-hmm. having the having the guts to – like, you know, South Carolina was making a huge run. He attacked the rim, missed, and just got a putback. Like, I saw that, and I was like, you know, that's why Johnny's a big-time player. Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think when you when you look at it, and, and it's – you know, the, the way that the season is built, and then even at the end of the season, it's a tournament game. You know, and, and, and basketball, you have different styles. You have different teams. You have different coaches. You have different ways to skin a cat. And you're hoping to ultimately win six games, you know, at the end of the year. And even fa- even rewind that to, to Nashville when we go and you have to play three games in three days, you're going to have to have multiple guys step up. You know, you can't play this game, uh, whether it be the SEC tournament, whether it be the NCAA tournament, with only five guys. You know, you're going to – ultimately have somebody get in foul trouble. You're going to have somebody that's maybe a mismatch, you know, for the other team. I mean, even you're looking at, um, you know, the Arkansas game the other day. I mean, there was at one point they had basically five guards out there. 
Uh, you you fast forward to tomorrow night with Georgia. I mean, it's another team that doesn't necessarily have a traditional big man. Um, and, and in a game when we were in Athens, we had to go small at times, you know, and play um, a smaller lineup uh, where you couldn't play two of our bigger guys. Um, so you do need all those guys. And I think you've started to see that uh, with Coach Cal and how he's flexing a little bit with some different and experimenting with some different lineups. Um, but you do need everybody. I mean, Keon Brooks has now had back-to-back games with seven rebounds. That's huge. That's something uh, that when he's at his best, that's who he is. You know, he's a guy that is a rebounder. He's a guy that flies in transition. He's a guy that ultimately you can move around the court uh, and score in different ways. And I think Khalil Whitney's going to be that guy too for us. I mean, everyone kind of moves at their own speed and at their own pace. Uh, and then Johnny obviously, you know, got a little sick there right after the, the new year. Uh, and, and, you know, had to take a little bit of a step back, but has, has worked his way back in. I mean, he's in there in the gym right now working, and mm-hmm. that's that's what you want from our standpoint, And uh, is you want guys that are ready to take on the moment uh, every single day, not just on the game days. But this is the time where you still have to build your confidence because your time can come. Uh, I mean, at this time of year, last year, we had a, a major piece go down with an injury. You know, Reed Travis gets hurt. Uh, at the end of uh, a Missouri game, you know, and, and now you have to have some other guys step into uh, into his minutes, into his roles. Um, you obviously hope that that doesn't happen, but you've got to be ready for it. You've got to be prepared. And um, this is a team and this is a game where you need your, your full complement, your full roster to be ready, uh, and they need to be confident. Um, and I think that's what Cal's ultimately pushing for. And I think it's one of the – Biggest misconceptions about guys that come to Kentucky because they're, you know, all five stars, McDonald's All-American, guys who are, you know, while they're still in high school, projected to be lottery picks. You know, that's something that's tough to deal with. I didn't know that about you. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this year definitely hasn't gone how I wanted. Uh, I was looking for more minutes, but uh, no, I'm just That's a joke. I I knew what I was uh, getting into, and I'm very lucky to be here. But we had, like, people don't realize just how difficult it is to be a college freshman Mm -hmm. athlete. You know, in any sport, let alone basketball, where there's so much thinking, so much independence, and especially at a place like Kentucky where there's so much attention put on you. You know, there's no other place in the country where everything you do is scrutinized. People love you one day, hate you the next. Like, it's, it's a tough place, and guys are still, they're still kids, and they're still trying to figure everything out. And then there's expectations and pressure. Like, there's a lot to work through. And it doesn't always happen right away. Uh, like, I know myself when I was at UCI, it's like you get to college and you're expecting one thing, then you, you're there and you realize how much more difficult it is. And I think that's something even our, uh, you know, big-time recruits, like it's something people figure out at their own pace. No doubt. I mean, and, and it's it's still a a process, you know, and this is a place where you are forced to deal with adversity. Um, and I think that that's what makes this place special. Um, I mean, you have a you have a head coach, you have a staff that is going to try to every single day make this as hard as it can possibly be, you know, in, in the basketball court, uh, in the weight room, with the expectation that our guys are going to fail. Okay, well then let's let's see how they respond to failure. Let's see how they um, handle setbacks. And you don't want them to handle it the same way in November and December that 
they are in January, February, and, and hopefully March. Um, but that, that's what makes you stronger. I think that's what makes us all stronger in life. Um, and especially, you know, and you've heard this, um, not necessarily that it applies to you, uh, is, is if you want to be professional, you know, as a basketball player. Um, but if you want to be professional as a coach, if you want to be professional as a, as a banker or a insurance or accountant, anything, you're going to have – times where there is adversity and when that sets in how do you respond um and that's what cal that's what kenny tony myself you know rob everybody that is here we try to make this as hard as it can be as fast as it can be um at uc irvine at unc wilmington where we were okay it's a little different all right we've got some seniors you got some juniors that have been through the through the battles uh, whereas here we don't have that time you know this is this is a a place that the the young guys have to be ready to come in and play um, both for our team, but also for them, mm-hmm. you know, if they're wanting to, to move to, to the next step, well, you're saying that to us, that, that you're coming here with this expectation that, that you want to be professional. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to coach you that way. We're going to teach you that way. We're going to challenge you that way from day one. There's no, okay, we can wait for tomorrow for that, or we can wait till next year for that. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. Um, if at the end of the first year, hey, it, it's that opportunity's not there, then great, come back, and, and we're ready to, to attack a second year. And I think you saw that with P.J. Washington. Um, and now I think you're seeing it with Nick Richards, you know, in his third year with, with the type of confident young man that, that he is. Um, it's taken time. It's not that it's right or wrong. It's not that PJ's better than Nick because it took him two years. It's not that Jamal Murray or Bam Adebayo or, or anyone else that's that's on this wall um, is better than either one of those guys because it only took them one year. Um, this is about you coming and, and, and moving at your pace, the right pace um, for you, um, and moving on to chase your dreams when, when that time is ready. Yeah, no, that's what uh, – like, obviously, after the South Carolina game, there was a lot of adversity there. Uh, losing a big lead to a team that has struggled at times this year. They're playing better, but, you know, that was a game uh, we felt like we should have been able to close out and take advantage of the lead we had. And then they bank in a shot at the buzzer. You know, after Quick just hits, you know, Quick had one of the best games of his career. Again, you know, he's in an unbelievable stretch of playing right now. Uh, and for them to bank in that shot, you know, everyone – Everyone was down. Everyone was, you know, feeling not great. And what made me happy was we had KB, Nate, and Johnny, who were some of the people that, you know, were talked about not having their best games. You know, we landed at 2 or 3 in the morning, and they were in the gym with me at, I think we went at 7.30. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got a good hour workout in, and I had to leave for class, and they continued to play one-on-one. It's just, you know, the fact that, you know, no one was asking them to do that. That wasn't required by anyone. That was just them on their own saying, you know, I'm not where I need to be. I want to improve. I want to get better for myself and for this team to help us win games. And I, and I think that's the culture that, that I think that as a as a coach here, I'm the most proud of. You know, that, that that's, who, that's who we are, you know, here. Um, and that's ultimately what you want – those guys to embrace as well. You guys to embrace as well. I mean, that's that was not even directed. That wasn't directed from an assistant coach or a head coach. You know, that was that's player driven. 
you know, we talked about that in the games. Um, that's that, that might be just as important, you know, as guys taking on that uh, initiative to, to build their own confidence um, because we sure need it. You know, you need a you need a group of guys that are confident uh, that there's, you know, sweat equity in this thing that we are building towards towards March, um, both individually and collectively. Uh, and I think that in Cal's 11 years here, that's the thing that he would be most proud of, you know, is the culture that is here uh, is one of hard work, you know, of togetherness Um and, and one that the guys, you know, get get back up when we've been knocked down because, you know, shoot, that happens. And that's something he talks about all the time is, uh, you know, be responsible for your own game. It's like if you come in and you're not making shots, you know, he can't make shots for you. He can't, you know, give you the confidence to make shots. You're not making shots, but you're doing other things well. Then why aren't you in the gym? You know, get in the gym on your own. We have plenty of people around this program who are willing to help, who want to help our guys. And so that's what I'm happy. Like, you think people have this uh, perception that sometimes the best players aren't very hard workers. And we have a lot of hardworking guys on this team and this program, and that's why guys like Nick is able to improve so much from year to year. You know, I don't even know, like, with Nick, he has such a bright future ahead of him because just the growth he's made in one year. He's going to continue to work. And so whether he comes back, whether he goes to the next step of his career after this year, I have no idea but he's still going to be that same kid who's learned lessons from here that are going to help him with the rest of his basketball journey and then even post-basketball when he's just, you know, living life, whatever that is afterwards. I mean, I, I think that, you know, that all starts in the, in recruiting. And, um, is, is you've got to go and find the right people uh, that are built for this, um, that are built for this culture. Um, you know, everybody wants the, the, the sold-out, arena everybody wants the the end result you know everyone wants to be in the NBA everybody wants to to have the max deals like our guys get but you know who's built who's built for Thursday morning at 7:30 after a you know a half court shot banks in you know who's built for that um and that's what that's what our job is you know as assistant coaches and ultimately that's Cal's final decision is is um you know, who is, who is ready, you know, to embrace that. Not, no one's ready really to come in and step in and knock it out of the park. It's who is ready to take on that challenge every single day. You know, not when you feel like it. Uh, not when things are going 100% your way. Who's ready to, to embrace the, the bad parts? Who's, who's ready to embrace the adversity and, um, it's a big part of, of what Cal challenges us, you know, as a staff to go and find those guys. And, and I think that's, you know, the biggest part of, of why we've been able to build this culture here is, is you've got a group of guys and you've had a group of guys uh, as well as a, great, a group of great families that um, know that this is going to be tough, but also are supportive and loving and caring that, that um, it's going to take some time. Uh, shifting gears a little bit. Explain to us uh, your journey from an assistant coach at Elon to having your own high school program and then ending up uh, here with Coach Cal on the staff and then coming from a non, a role where you weren't allowed to be on the court, interacting with guys, working them out, 
to being an assistant coach, which is, uh, you know, you're allowed to be on the court, you're fully involved in everything, run film sessions. Like, explain to us your journey and then what your responsibilities are within the coaching staff and within the team. Uh, I mean, I think the, the, the journey is, is one, you know, the way I look at it is is you never know. You know, I mean, I think you, when I was your age, um, you know, kind of, I knew that the basketball was coming to an end at some point. Um, and I had a great opportunity to, to go and, and be a, a full-time assistant coach at Elon, uh, you know, right out of college, you know, in my first year. And, you know, at that time it was, I think I made $12,000 and no health benefits. And, uh, but it was a great opportunity, you know, for, for a, I was 22, 23 in my first year to be on the floor uh, to recruit. I worked for a guy, Ernie Nestor, that was a you know experienced, seasoned uh, coach, and you know I, I learned a lot because I did a lot. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, and I'm obviously fine saying this. I mean, I, I think at, at that time in my life too, you know, you start that and, and you become a little bit maybe fully yourself you know at that at that time uh, to think you're smarter than you are um, and uh, you know I had actually interviewed with Cal after my third year at Elon when he was at Memphis um, and yeah, I think it was, it was a really really good thing but it was also something that you know maybe in in <laughs> in all transparency kind of messed with me a little bit thinking all right well I'm, why am I not why am I not or why am I is my career not progressing like like I think it should and, and sometimes I mean I, you know you have to be humbled in this profession so I, I took a high school job um, and uh, was humbled very quickly you know in, in terms of you think okay I'm this hot shot division one player was an assistant coach at the division one level art. Right, I'm just going to walk into these high school games and just out coach people and win all these games. And, um, very quickly you figure out, okay, that it ain't that easy. Um, but I did that for six years. I learned a lot, uh, as, as a head coach and, um, really learned what it was like to, to coach basketball, to teach basketball, um, but also how to manage people. Uh, to to work with uh, a group of guys versus being an assistant coach where you kind of have your little kind of pod of of guards or big guys which I did both both times at, at Elon you figured out how to how to manage expectations how to deal with egos um, as well as how to plan a practice how to run a team how to run a program um, how to plan for the future um, how to deal with success how to deal with failures both as a collective group, but also, you know, with individuals. Um, and then really had the opportunity to come back here uh, or come here, not back here, come here uh, for the 2014-15 season in a, in a non-coaching role. Um, it was the year that, that Cal had lost a couple guys off of the staff. Um, Orlando had left and gone to um, South Florida, and there was a couple other staffers that had had moved on and, you know, really, my thing was look. I, I reached back out to Cal and said, "Hey, look, I've done, I've done this, I've done that. 
you know, in my career, but really would love to come and work for you and learn, you know, and you talk about the journey for me, the journey really never stops. Um, uh, and I wanted to learn, I wanted to get better. I wanted to, to challenge myself to, to learn from somebody else. And, um, you know, have been here now six years and, and had a couple different roles. Um, and in each one, I feel like I've, I've tried to kind of be the best, you know, in the country at that, you know, to be the best director of analytics, to be the best special assistant to the head coach. And then for the last couple of years, be the best assistant coach, you know, for my boss and, and for our players and, you know, really just tried to dominate my role. Um, and, and, and my role, you know, now is, is, you know, moves day to day a little bit. Um, you know, we have a tremendous staff of people, um, you know, from Coach Robick, you know, who's had a, tons of experience. You know, you have an opportunity to learn from him. You have Tony Barbie, who's been a head coach, you know, who's, you know, a, a tremendous uh, coach on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you have Kenny Payne, who has, you know, been here and has coached so many great players. And, and you see the mental side of how he challenges guys. Um, and then obviously working for Cal, um, you know, you, you, you feel like every single day you step in, in the craft center, you get better. Uh, and, and I think that's the same thing that we talk to you guys is, hey, why, why not get better today? And I think that's the same mental that I, that I come to work with every single day is how do you get better personally, but also what can you do for somebody else? And that's something, you know, you talked about being the best at your role and, you know, whatever that role is. And that's something my dad uh, spoke to me about with uh, his boss now, uh, for the Clippers, Lawrence Frank. Like, he told me that when Lawrence was uh, an advanced scout, he thought being the advanced scout was the most important position in the uh, in the organization. And he did 60-page reports, and he worked his ass off, and he did this and this and this. And then when he was, you know, in charge of player development, he thought that was the most important role. He had to dominate that role. And then when he was an assistant coach, when he was a defensive coordinator, when he was a head coach, and now he's, you know, president of basketball operations right. – you know, everything he does, he has the mindset that it's the most important job. And I think that's something uh, I know I don't have the most important job here. But, you know, trying to frame it in my mind as I do have an important role to play and I might not contribute on the court, but I can help the guys who do. And whatever small way that is, you know, being a friend, they want to get in the gym, they just need someone to talk to, go to lunch with, like, you know, anything I can do to help that's something that changed my mindset is, you know, you're never in a position where you're helpless. There's always something you can do for yourself and for those around you. And I think that's that's the way that, that Cal has built this, you know, and it, it all circles back to culture, you know, and, and when you bring people here, uh, I mean, I think I might have even mentioned this in, in a media spot that we did, everybody that you bring here when you're a head coach, you know, when you're a GM or – you know, director of player personnel, and you bring people into a setting where, where it's a team. Every single person that's there is important. You know, from Tyrese Maxey, who's our leading scorer, to a guy like yourself that, that doesn't play much in the games. Um, you know, everyone is is important, and everybody has a win share per game. Um, and, and, and that is, that is paramount when, when you, you are playing and you are involved in a team sport. Um, 
everybody has to have the end goal be winning. Now, if everybody wins, then we all eat, you know, in our own way. Now, some of us have different meals, <laughs> you know, but, but that is the most important thing is, is you have to have the right people in the boat, you know, or it sinks. You can't have people swimming in one direction, you know, paddling in one direction and guys paddling in the other. For sure. And just uh, the people that surround your players are really important and trying to keep their mindset in the right one. Uh, like you said, uh, the better we do collectively as a team, like people want winners in whatever capacity that is. Uh, you know, me trying to get into coaching after this, if I'm part of a, you know, really good Kentucky team that won a lot of games, you know, people want someone who has won, in whatever capacity that is. And then guys, you know, when guys are going to the NBA, yeah, they love the individual talent and, uh, you know, skills they can provide. But at the end of the day, even if you're putting up 30 and 10, if your team goes 20 and 62, you know, that's not the end goal for them either. It's about winning games, winning championships. And that's something I think guys who come here realize because, you know, if you want to go put up numbers, you know, there's a lot of other places where you can do that. But if you want to be a part of something special, get better every day, be challenged, not just by the coaching staff, but also by your teammates, like practices are difficult. You know, you got Ashton going against Tyrese every day. Those are two, you know, they're both on the midseason uh, top 25 list. I don't know how many other places where, you have two point guards in the same program going against each other and making each other better every day. And then if Ashton and Tyrese aren't matched up, it's Ashton and Quick or Tyrese right. and Quick. You know, and Quick, like we have, to me, we have the best backcourt in the country. We have. I, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know that I would trade it for anybody. I know that. Yeah, like the fact that Quick comes off the bench most of the time, uh, I don't think there's a place in the country he couldn't start for. You know, and he's obviously one of our best players, just the way uh, kind of matchups work and the way we want to start games. Uh, it ends up him coming off the bench, and then he literally doesn't come out after right. he comes off the bench. And our last game he started, played all 40 minutes. Uh, and just speaking of, like, our culture of hard work, you know, those three guards work extremely hard, always in the gym, uh, in the weight room. So it's pretty cool to see, uh, you know, Tyrese and Ashton get that recognition midway right. through the season. Uh, obviously, we that's not the main thing we're worried about, but it's, you know, anytime guys get uh, recognition for what they've produced, uh, you're very happy for them. And then Emmanuel, after Christmas, has just been unbelievable. I don't know how many players in the country have been better than him. Uh, and even in a game where he goes, I think, two for 14, uh, you know, he still has a big imprint on winning, hits a huge three, uh, to kind of cap a big run for us after Cal got thrown out. Ten rebounds, played great defense on their best. I don't know if you get – I can't remember a time Quick's gotten scored on in the past five games. And then – Other than late against South Carolina, where the guy we in scout team that we said is a hard right-hand driver, and he gave him two right-hand drives to the basket and then got an and one. I remember that. Maybe you don't. <laughs> Must have not been paying attention yeah, to that. I remember that. <laughs> But go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry. On your Emmanuel's great. We love Emmanuel. Yes. Uh, no one's. Go ahead. I, I know you're. Probably, Emmanuel wants to talk. You just talk about how great Emmanuel is. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, but then to have ten rebounds and uh, contribute to winning in a significant way, even when you're shot. Because you know, I think he made. I know he was ten of eleven at one point. I think he was maybe thirteen of sixteen. Mm -hmm. It's like at some point you know uh, there's going to be a game where his shots aren't falling, and for that to be the game for us to win. And for him to still have a very good game and contribute was uh, – that, 
that's how that made me proud of him uh, as a friend and as a teammate. For sure. No, and I mean, I think you see the growth and the confidence. I mean, you didn't see Emmanuel last year, but, you know, it's – and not that he was in a bad, bad way, but, I mean, the, the amount of confidence that he's playing with is is – is just tremendous to see as as someone that you know has worked with him and uh, and that's a huge credit to him. Uh, speaking of guys you've worked with, who are some of the guys in the NBA that you, when they were here, you spent a lot of time with, and who do you kind of still talk to somewhat frequently? Uh, you know, with this being the, my fourth year on the floor, you know, the first year was um, the backcourt of you know it was De'Aaron, it was Malik, Isaiah Briscoe. That group was was extremely talented, you know, uh, and it was a it was a unique year. And I always remember this: is that group always that group challenged me uh, because they were really fueled by competition. You know, there, there was not a a group that was content with just kind of just some repetition. You know, they were really fueled, Malik Monk especially, by competition and, and drills. So we couldn't really just kind of rep out, all right, let's just get some shots. Everything had to be competitive, uh, whether it was a one-on-one, -on -one, whether it was a one-on-two, two-on-one. There had to be uh, some competition or they, right or wrong, weren't interested. Uh, and, and that team, and especially in that group when we did individuals, it really challenged me as a, as a coach. Um to not just kind of go the route of, all right, let's let's just rep this out. Um, the next year was was the year with um, with Shay Alexander, and and it was such a a fun year because of the amount of time that that, that we spent together. Um, you know, he came in and, and and wanted to come to Kentucky for everything that is here. And I, I use the line all the time. I think Shea got more out of Kentucky than we did out of him. I mean, he took advantage of everything that was here. Um, spent so much time, you know, really mastering his craft and, and never was satisfied with anything. Um, so that was a lot of fun as, as, as a coach um, to have somebody that was that hungry but also you felt like, okay, I, I've got to be on today if this kid is fighting this hard. Like, you just can't show up. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, okay, you're going to work hard. Well, I'm going to work harder than you. And then he would come back and had kind of the same mentality. All right, well, I'm going to be the hardest working guy in the gym. Well, no, then, like, mm -hmm. now let's challenge. Let's challenge each other. And that was a fun, really satisfying year as, as, a, as a coach. Uh, and, I, and I think he would say the same thing. And my dad coached Shea his rookie mm -hmm. year, uh, and my dad has literally nothing but positive things to say about Shea. Uh, came in right away, and I think after eight games was moved into the starting lineup. Uh, you know, and L.A. is a big market, kind of. It's not the same as being at Kentucky because you got the Lakers in L.A., but it's another very big-time market uh, playing for uh, another coach who's, you know, very well-respected, going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point. Uh, and he handled it unbelievably well. I was always receptive to coaching, came in every day with a smile. My dad said, you know, just a, a good young kid to be around mm -hmm. and one of the hardest workers he's ever been around. You know, Shea came in in the summer and, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard of Gerg's camp where mm -hmm. all the young guys go and Shea would want to be there before. He'd want to be there after the morning session and then they come back, he'd get there early again, stay late. And, 
you know, in the NBA, uh, load management's a big thing. And so, you know, Shay would get my dad in trouble because they're like, Shay can't be on the court that much. And I was like, you know, Shay's the one that wants to be on the court. Like, right. you know, he comes up to me and asks to be on the court. I can't say no. Like, you know, the kid just wants to get better and he's hungry to improve. No, I mean, I, I think that that's – Shay was professional from the minute he walked in the door here. I wanted to be treated that way, wanted to work that way. Uh, similar to, to the way that Tyler Hero was last year, you know, and, and uh, Keldon learned how to be professional here um, as well. And, you know, I, I think that that whole group and now, now you add in, you know, the guys like Ashton and Emmanuel who were, were on the team last year, and now you see their growth in year two um, combined with, with obviously Tyrese, being able to work with Tyrese like we do. It's um, – I think as a coach, you 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 want to go to work every day with great people that just want to work, and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing about working here and, and with the guys that ultimately come here and then leave. It's a uh, it's it's great when you are able to work with people that are that driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking, you talked about recruiting a little bit earlier. Uh, now that guys are signed, I believe we're able to speak about them publicly. We got uh, uh, Terrence. Uh, I know Coach Cow last night saw Brandon and uh, Devin play. We got mm-hmm. Lance committed. Uh, am, I mi- am I missing anyone? Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson. He just Cam Fletcher. Him. Cameron Fletcher. That's right. We mm-hmm. got uh, so that's six guys, and I believe we're still recruiting. We just had. Oh, you're always recruiting, Riley. Yeah, you're always uh, recruiting. I can't. I can't talk about uh, other people. We just uh, I know about because they are not currently signed here. So do not want to get in trouble with compliance. Uh, but kind of talk about what you see from those six guys uh, next year. What what was it about them that were like that you guys saw? And were like, all right, they have what it takes to come in and contribute and handle the pressure of playing at Kentucky. I think the the, the first thing that jumps out at you is they all wanted it. That's a big thing with Cal. Is uh, you know we he wants guys that, that want to be here, that want to you know get better, that want to be challenged, that want to go up against you know, great players every single day that, are, that aren't scared about that. And I think that's the first step in being professional uh, is, is you have to know that this is not about you um, when you come to Kentucky. And each one of those guys knows that. Um, I think when you talk about the guys like Devin and BJ and Terrence, they're, they're guys that have all put themselves, you know, in situations with other really good players. Um, and, and that they want to be challenged every single day and, and know that that's – what makes them better, and this is the next step in their development. Uh, as <clears throat> excuse me, as young people, uh, you have a guy like Cam Fletcher who's extremely gifted, you know, in a lot of different ways. Uh, great downhill attacking guard, slash wing, slash small ball four. You know, he's so versatile, similar to like a Keon, uh, Khalil, guys that that you can move all over the floor. And then you have Lance, um, who's a, a big guy that is is extremely skilled, plays really really hard. You know, had a great game the other day up at the Hoop Hall um, against Rancho Christian. Um, he's a guy that continues to get better every time you see him. You know, and, and I think Isaiah is, a, is another guy that looks like the guys that have, have come here in the past. You know, extremely gifted, uh, talented, plays, you know, with a, a great motor um, and is going to come here and, and really get better 
you know, at what he does and, and as well as, as being a system with other really good players is going to make him a, a better player. And, and all six of those guys you're excited to see. And I know that uh, we'll be excited when they get here in June. Yeah, that uh, it'll be interesting to see. That's another thing about Kentucky is you're never sure who's going to be back, who's going to pursue their dreams of being a professional. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, in June what our roster is looking like, who we have from this team back, uh, what guys end up coming here that we're not uh, sure about right now that we're still recruiting. Uh, but one thing you know about guys that come to Kentucky is they're going to work hard and – there. Even if they're from California, they work hard. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the nice part. Even if they're from California, they work hard. Uh, Johnny Juzang just walked by after a workout. Uh, and Johnny and I get uh, some flack for being – I'm originally from Colorado. That's where I – well, that's where I grew up and went to high school. But I live in uh, California now. That's where I was born. So me and Johnny both get a little uh, bit of a tough time for being from L.A., uh, you know, I never realized until you're on uh, the eastern side of the country how much of a hard time they'll give you for being uh, from being from L.A. Uh, people really do think you're soft. Uh-huh. <sighs> no, no comment. On that one. <laughs> We're trying. To, we try to recruit other players from. We try to recruit good players from Los Angeles. So we we got one in Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Juzang, not you, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Not you, Johnny. I have a, I have a few different names on the team. I can yes. Be, uh, I can be Ryan. Mm-hmm. I can be Johnny. Uh, I can be, uh, uh, come here. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I have, a, I have a few different names that I go by. Uh, excited to be all of them. Uh, but I think uh, that's about going to wrap it up. Me and Joel have to get out to the court to – Go over scout team. Uh, we've got Georgia again on Tuesday, and then a tough uh, Texas Tech team in Lubbock, which should be a lot of fun. But, Coach, really appreciate you coming. Brother, on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. If you're part of Big Blue Nation, then you need to watch Big Blue Nation. 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky! VBN TV on the UK Sports Network takes you inside the program every weekend for conversations and access you won't find anywhere else. It's coming late. Oh. Cash Daniel hits him. BBN TV is the official TV show of UK Athletics and is the newest and best way to keep up with the Cats. Watch BBN TV every weekend on the UK Sports Network or anytime online at UKAthletics.com or the Kentucky Wildcats Facebook page.